0: It's good to be with you this morning, thank you for the opportunity of coming across to Town Hill and uh, we look at God's Word from Luke chapter 3 and uh, the main theme of the passage is repentance. Uh, There was a man, uh, an, an Australian actor called Paul Hogan, perhaps you might remember him from Crocodile Dundee films. Paul Hogan, a few years ago, suffered a cerebral hemorrhage, quite serious. He was lifting weights, and he collapsed, and he was in a semi-comatose state for five days. He said afterwards that it was just a freak thing that uh, was wasted on me, Uh, and uh, whether it was supposed to provide me was a revelation on on life. He didn't feel it did. It was wasted on me. And uh, I, I wonder about this pandemic, you know, is it, is it being wasted on us? Uh, what are we learning as a result of it? What does God want us to learn? Well, in, in the Bible, we find the answer to that, don't we? Because all the way through the Bible, we, we are told that um, uh, difficult things come to us uh, or, or even good things, blessings and easy things. But all these things are meant to drive us to God. And uh, there's a verse in Romans that you might know. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. In, in the passage we had just now in Luke chapter 3, uh, John the Baptist is beginning his ministry. And uh, he preaches about repentance. And if we focus, we're not going to look at all the verses, but if we focus on one verse, it would be verse 8. Uh, John can see uh, crowds of people coming and uh, they desire to be baptized. And uh, he says, therefore, bring... Bring fruits worthy of repentance. Fruits worthy of repentance. And uh, John is aware that people are coming, maybe because everybody else is coming to be baptized. Everybody else seems to be believing. uh, So they're joining the crowd. But John warns them. And uh, he says, make sure that you really know about repentance. Uh, Repentance is the most important word you might say in the Bible. It's the beginning into the kingdom of God. You can't come to God. You can't become a Christian. Without repentance. What is repentance? It means a godly sorrow. That's how it's described in one verse in the Bible. Uh, a realization that I haven't lived as I should have lived, that I've sinned against a holy God. And you begin to think about that, and God becomes very real. And uh, you are sorry to God that you haven't lived as you should. And uh, repentance is also turning to God, genuine turning. Uh, Not turning over a new leaf, you might say, but uh, turning from your old life and uh, beginning a new life. So repentance uh, is our theme this morning. And I just want to ask you at the beginning of a new year, you know, how are you beginning this new year? Uh, Are you a person of repentance? Uh, Repentance then continues all the way through our Christian lives. Uh, We feel our sins and we are sorry for our sins and we we desire more than anything the the blessing of God on our lives. And uh, so from this passage this morning in Luke chapter 3, where John the Baptist speaks, uh, I want us to notice a few things about repentance. The first one is the the beginning of repentance. When does repentance begin or how does it begin? And in verse 2 that we read just now, uh, there's a little statement there, which is very important. And it says, the word of God came to John in the wilderness. Uh, I, I did miss out verse one, uh, mainly because of the long names there, but uh, also maybe to save just a, a minute or two of time. But there's, there's a lot of names there in verse one. There's a lot of politics going on. And, uh, and then there's a lot of religious stuff going on. Annas and Caiaphas are the religious leaders. And uh, so there's a lot of activity in the political realm and in the religious realm. But the word of God then comes to John in the wilderness. And uh, that's just a reminder to us that, that repentance is it's not even something that we can start ourselves. Christians pray, you know, we pray, don't we for our communities and we long for something to happen. We want people to be, become Christians and be saved. And yet we are, we are very much aware that unless God does something, it's not going to happen. Uh, And yet God now begins with John the Baptist in the wilderness. The word of God comes to him there. Uh, I don't know whether you know the story of um, some people who lived in 1858 uh, in New Hampshire in America. There was a revival going on. And there was a famous prayer meeting in Fulton Street in New York. And people would gather in this prayer meeting... And they would share with one another what's gone on in the, in the localities uh, beyond New York. And one man got up and he said, I'd like to tell you what's happened in a place in New Hampshire. This place was, um, there was a fam- uh, about 20 families living on this estate, and it, it had a name, this estate, called Hell Corner. It was a notorious place. And uh, you wouldn't want to visit there. But then the story, this man got up in the prayer meeting. He said, something wonderful has happened in Hell Corner. And he told the story. It began like this. Uh, some people are living in this uh, rough estate. And they weren't Christians. And uh, one day, somebody in one particular family uh, blasphemed and used a swear word. And, uh, and then somebody was, uh, said to them, a member of the family, oh, we'll have to start having one of these prayer meetings that we've heard about. What's the matter with you? Somebody said, you know, you're getting religious. All right, then let's call a prayer meeting. Let's all have a prayer meeting. Well, who's going to lead the prayer meeting? Well, we'll get this man that we know, a religious man, he'll come. And they, they started this prayer meeting. All these families not saved. And uh, then they called a deacon to come from a church. And uh, I I haven't got all the details of the story, but God came down in that place. And the place was transformed. Who would have thought that the word of God would have come to Hell Corner? But it did. It's a great encouragement to us, isn't it, as Christians at the start of a new year. Uh, Who knows what God might do? Uh, You know, the reminder from the children's story there. We can't fight against God. God can work wherever he wants to work. And here's John the Baptist. And uh, he's just one man on his own, but we are told the word of God came to John and it all started there. Who knows what might happen? And uh, so the beginning of repentance, God beginning to work. And we, we, we can't initiate anything, we, we can't bring about repentance, but God can do it. And he can use us, he can use means, he can also sometimes work without means. Uh, he is God, and we look to him. The beginning of repentance. And and then down in verses 7 to 9, the scope of repentance. Who needs to repent? Who needs to repent? And now the crowds are coming, and John's ministry, John the Baptist, is preaching, and he's preaching powerfully, and uh, people are are being convicted of of their sin, and they they need to be baptized, and so they come to John. and, and, And yet there are many others coming, and they're not coming for the right reasons. Verse 7 says, the multitudes came to be baptized by John, and John says to them, you're a brood of snakes, he says. Who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You're, you're, You're a bunch of snakes. Well, imagine the preacher getting up on a Sunday morning and addressing the congregation like that. You're not coming for the right reasons. Then he goes on to explain what he means. He says, bear fruits worthy of repentance and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. These people were obviously Jewish people, but they were playing the religious card. There's a danger that that we do that, isn't there? Sometimes we play the religious card. Uh, These people said, well, you know, we we are Jews and we are the descendants of Abraham. And we deserve to get baptized because we are religious. Have you ever done that? Are you doing that at the moment? Are you playing the religious card? I'm a Baptist, some people say, I'm a Methodist. I'm a Roman Catholic, I'm a Protestant, I'm an evangelical. You know, whatever it is, my great, great auntie, New Spurgeon, you know, whatever it is, people play the religious card and we can all be guilty of it. I'm a religious person. My great-grandfather was a deacon in the church or a preacher and so on. And on and on it goes, the religious card. And these people were doing that. And John the Baptist says, don't do that. Don't do that. If God wanted children of Abraham, he uh, he could make children from stones if he wanted to. So what's the point that John the Baptist makes? Even if you're a Jew and you're a descendant of Abraham, you still need to repent. Even if you've been brought up in church all your life, you still need to repent and turn to God. Everybody has to repent. There's a danger sometimes, isn't it, when we watch the television and we see these terrible crimes being committed by, by some people. And we say, well, that's terrible, but I would never do that. Uh, we might feel a little bit proud of ourselves, or we might feel that we would never do such things. But the Bible message cuts all across that, and it says that we all have to repent because we're all sinful. We're all sinners in the sight of a holy God. God is pure and holy, and 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 I am not, and you are not. The Bible says that even if you even if you Uh, obey all the commandments but you break one you've broken them all and so John warns them that you all have to repent there's the anger of God that is coming one day who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come now the axe is laid verse 9 to the root of the trees and every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire you see that John is warning them? There's a heaven, we heard about that at the start of the service, but there's also a hell. And there's there's the anger of God that is coming one day. And we'll all face the judgment. And the call of God, even through this pandemic, surely is, you know, that, that God is calling to us. Turn to me. Turn to me when there's still time. And don't play the religious card. So there's the beginning of repentance. The word of God comes to John. And there's the scope of repentance. And then, thirdly, there's the fruits of repentance. Uh, That's the verse we read just now. Uh, John says to them, Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. What does that mean? Well, John says, if you are really sincere and you really are a person of repentance, then it will show in your life. There's no way at all that you can say, well, well, I've repented, but it's made no difference to my life. If you are truly repented and you've really come to God, sorry for your sin, it's going to show in the way you live. If you really know God's forgiveness. And then John addresses a number of groups. Did you notice that? First of all, in verse 10. The people begin to ask him and they say, What shall we do then? What are the fruits of repentance? What does it mean to be saved or to be a Christian? And John gives some answers. In verse 11, he says, If you have two two tunics, two coats, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. In other words, if you become a Christian, then generosity. When you realize you've been forgiven so much by God, then you will become a generous person. Is that true of you? Are you a generous person? Did you watch Scrooge over Christmas time? (laughs) My favorite one is the musical, Ebenezer Scrooge, the musical with Albert Finney. But you know the story of Scrooge. You know, he's so miserly, isn't he? He's turned in upon himself and he's a bitter old man. And then he's changed. And he becomes generous. And he throws some silver coins down to the little boy, tell him to go and get the turkey. Generosity. And surely when you become a Christian, you're going to become a generous person. You're going to become a kind person. Why? Well, because you realize that God has forgiven you all your sins. And so, you know, you you can't be niggardly and scrooge-like. you even, even in the ordinary things of life, if, you, if you've got two courts and you know that somebody is struggling with a cold, you're going to give them a court. Or if you know somebody's struggling and has, doesn't have any food, you want to give them some food. You want to do what you can. Are you a generous person? And then John speaks to another group in verse 12 and 13, Tax collectors. And the tax collectors say, uh, teacher, what shall we do? In verse 13, collect no more than what is appointed for you. Don't be dishonest. Generosity and honesty. Stop cheating, people. Stop being deceitful. Remember the story of Zacchaeus on that, when Jesus meets him, and uh, Zacchaeus is changed, and he stops taking... Uh, putting the money in his pocket and, and uh, pocketing money for himself, and he stops being deceitful. And surely, if a person becomes a Christian, then uh, you, you, you want to be an honest person, not a liar or a cheat or a deceit. Honesty. Are you an honest person? You say, Well, I'm a Christian. Are you an honest person? Are you like the Lord Jesus Christ? And then there's another group of soldiers come to John in verse 14. And and the soldiers ask John, what shall we do, John? And John says to them, do not intimidate anyone. Don't don't be violent towards anybody uh, and be content with your wages. In other words, to soldiers, he doesn't say stop being soldiers. But he says, "Don't, don't abuse your position as a soldier. Don't be cruel to people. Don't be violent to people. Don't intimidate people. Be a person of integrity. Stop pushing people around and be content with what you have. Integrity. We hear a lot today about uh, bullies, don't we? Bullies everywhere, bullies in the workplace. I could give you some examples of that from my own family who've worked in the NHS. And uh, they, they, they say, well, people are not being treated properly in the workplace and there are bullies around. What's all that about? If you're a person of repentance, you see, and you know that God has saved you, then you want to be a generous person and an honest person and and a person of integrity. Not using your position to abuse other people. One Bible preacher puts it like this. Live your ordinary life in an extraordinary way. That's what we are to do. Live our ordinary lives in an extraordinary way. I read about a man from Ethiopia, and uh, he was a drunkard, and he neglected his wife, and he was cruel to his children, and he was converted. How do they know that he was converted? Well, the people were amazed because they saw this man now working out in the field, plowing the field. He was now getting his life together. And he was doing some work. And that's how the people began to realize this man has changed. What about yourself? Do you bear fruits worthy of repentance? It's easy to say, isn't it? I'm a Christian. But what about the fruits of repentance? Are you a generous person? Are you honest? Are you a person of integrity? And then one last thing the heart of repentance if there's one thing you could say this is the heart of repentance how do you know that a person has repented is a christian and i just draw your attention finally just briefly to verses 15 to 20 john now is being asked because his ministry was so powerful uh, are you the messiah john and john in verse 16 says i am not i'm not the messiah I baptize you with water. I can do that. I can baptize people in the River Jordan. But there's somebody else coming, and he's going to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. I am not worthy to unloose his sandal strap. John doesn't say, it's my place to to unloose his shoes. He doesn't even say that. He says, I'm not even worthy to unloose his shoes. John, you see, he didn't just preach about repentance to others. He lived it in his life. His life was one of repentance. I'm not worthy to utter this man's name on my lips. I'm not worthy to unloose his sandal straps. But he's on his way, this person. And I'm pointing you to him. And so repentance, if you could say the heart of repentance, could you say humility? Humility. If a person's repenting, if a person is a Christian, then that person must be a humble person, surely. We're not perfect in this life. We know we always have to humble ourselves continually. But if you really have God working in your heart and you're a Christian, then we, we must mirror to some extent what John was like. Humility. I'm not worthy, says John, just pointing you to him. Jesus. And so his life, you see, tells us that's what repentance is like. A, a person who's repented doesn't draw attention to himself, but he points people to Jesus. I read about Martin Luther, the German reformer in the 16th century. And when Martin Luther heard that uh, some of those lis- listening to him were beginning to be called Lutherans, this is what Martin Luther said. Who is this Luther? My teaching is not my own, and I have not been crucified for anyone. Why should children of Christ be called by my insignificant name, miserable, stinking bag of maggots that I am? That's what Luther said when he heard that people were being called Lutherans. It's all about Jesus. John the Baptist is just a signpost. So is Martin Luther. We're we just signposts. Jesus is the big person. And so humility. Are you a humble person? Is it the desire of your heart to point people to Christ? Where did John end up? Did you notice the last verse we read in the reading this morning? Verse 20. John is shut up in prison. And that's where he ends his days. And he's executed. He loses his head. John executes him. And John wonders, well, he sends some servants to Jesus on one occasion, doesn't he? And he he says, Lord, are you the Messiah? Or should we look for somebody else? Are we right in following you, Lord? John the Baptist had some questions. Things didn't turn out in the way that he expected. And the Christian life can be like that. Things happen, and and we we it turns out as, as we didn't expect, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't change. And John the Baptist ended his days pointing people to Jesus, the Son of God. I'm not the Messiah, don't look at me, but believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Can I ask you this morning: have you repented? Is the pandemic being wasted on you? What does God want you to learn? Repent and believe the gospel and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can be saved and all your sins can be forgiven. Why? Well, we we heard about it in the children's story. The cross of Christ, Calvary. The Son of God came down from heaven and lived a perfect life which you can't do And then he died in our place for our sins. He rose from the dead. And Jesus Christ can save you and take you to be with him in heaven one day. Bring forth fruits worthy of repentance and be genuine. And don't play the religious card, but be saved. And if you've never been saved before, turn to the Lord Jesus today and ask him to be your savior. May God bless his word to us this morning. Amen.